You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Hello, hochartet, and welcome back, my fellow language teachers, to Adventures in Language. I'm your guide, Emily. In this episode, we're talking about one of the most well-researched yet underutilized learning principles, the spacing effect. What is it? Why does it matter to language learning? And what should you know about it to help your students improve their retention in the language? For those of you who might not know me yet, I'm Emily. I'm a linguist at Mango. I've got my PhD in linguistics and a passion for language teaching. Well, c'est mas de morda. Let's get to it. As a teacher, you want your students to remember the content you teach for more than a unit, more than a semester, and more than even the school year. Yet, how often do you hear students say, I took Spanish last year, but I don't remember any of it? The truth is that we tend to forget things we don't use, and we remember things that we see multiple times. Enter the spacing effect. So what is the spacing effect? It's the phenomenon by which memory retention of learning content increases when study or review sessions are spaced out as opposed to done all in one sitting. Now, what this means is that every parent and teacher was right when they told students, study a little bit each day instead of cramming it all at once. You see, over a hundred years of research have clearly demonstrated that learning is more effective when exposure is spaced out over time rather than done all in one sitting. When it comes to long-term retention, cramming for an exam is never as effective as studying regularly over the course of a semester. So with a little planning, we can leverage the benefits of the spacing effect to help our students retain the language for longer. Now let's back up and think about what students are learning when they learn a language. An educated English speaker, for example, knows between 20 and 30,000 words, along with hundreds of idioms and multi-word expressions. One reasonable estimate is that it takes roughly two hours a day for five years to get half that for any language. That's a lot of information, so it's no wonder that forgetting is a natural part of the language learning process. But lucky for us, research into the spacing effect has given teachers insight on how to reduce that forgetting and increase retention for our students. And to that end, I find it really helpful to think of language learning like building a sandcastle. You build the foundation, and then you build all the details up top, but if you don't regularly reinforce the base, it can start to crumble. You can help your students reinforce their language base by introducing spaced repetition into your class structure. And it's worth mentioning that spaced repetition isn't specific to language. It's a study strategy that helps increase retention for many kinds of learning content areas math, physics, but importantly for our purposes here, language. And what's crazy is that in some circumstances, space repetition relative to single study sessions of the same overall length has been shown to double a learner's retention rate. In our next episode, I'll be sharing five fun and easy ways to incorporate spaced repetition into your language class. But before diving into lesson planning tips, here's what you need to know to be able to talk about the spacing effect with your students. For example, what is the forgetting curve? How does spaced repetition compare to cramming? And what is the optimal study schedule that students should be using to retain the language content? Let's answer each of those questions in turn. First, let's talk about the forgetting curve. Now, this is a simple negative sloping curve by which learning content loses its retrieval strength over time. It's basically educational psychology's way of saying, use it or lose it. Spaced repetition flattens this curve thereby maximizing retention. Thinking about student learning in terms of the forgetting curve can help you structure your lessons and help students set goals that keep them motivated. 
Some students are visual learners, so seeing the retention loss and gains on a simple graph can be a powerful rhetorical vice that you have in your back pocket when talking with them about the spacing effect. Okay, so the next point. What should you say to a student who says that cramming for a test works for them? Well, they actually might be right, but they're likely not seeing the whole picture. It's true that students can perform equally well on a test, regardless of whether they study using spaced repetition or one singular late-night cram session. But the difference comes later. The student who uses spaced repetition to study will remember the information for longer after test day. So it's really a conversation about the student's longer-term learning goals with the language. Do they want to be able to use the language after the course ends? Are they taking the next course level in the language curriculum? Because if they're taking Spanish 2 next semester and they don't want to be starting from scratch then, well, then they're better off spacing out their studying. If you'd like a fun and easy worksheet to help your students reflect on their language learning goals, then check out our free Setting Good Goals worksheet, which we've linked for you in the description. Okay, now this is our next and our last point, and it's an important one. How long should the gaps be between study sessions for optimal retention? The research is nuanced, but here's what we know. First, and this is the most important piece to remember, the gaps between study sessions should be shorter at first and longer as time goes on. From there, it really all comes down to two things. One, how quickly does the information need to be learned? This usually translates to how far away is the test, and it matters because shorter gaps between study sessions generally leads to faster acquisition since more material is being presented in a shorter period of time. And the second question is, how long does the student want to retain the information long-term? Usually this translates to how long after the test or after the course ends does the student want to be able to use that information. And this matters because the longer the gap between your study sessions, typically the longer the student will retain the information, at least up to a certain point. Okay, now let's make this all a little bit more concrete. Spaced repetition schedules are generally created with days as the unit of spacing in order to capitalize on the role of memory consolidation during sleep. So let's imagine that a student wants to prepare for a travel words themed vocabulary test that's coming up in a week. Now, the student knows about the spacing effect, so rather than studying in one sitting, they're going to break their study session into two study sessions on two separate days. So the question becomes, what's the optimal gap for maximizing retention for a test that is a week away? Well, the research is pretty clear on this. Given two practice sessions, research suggests timing the study sessions to be spaced apart by about two days. Easy. Now, let's think bigger. What about if the student wants to maximize their retention of those travel-related words for a year? Maybe that's how far away the AP test is, or maybe they have a trip abroad planned. Research suggests that the optimal gap for maximizing retention a year out requires that study sessions be spaced apart by roughly 25 days on average. But remember, that's 25 days on average. For optimal results, the gaps between study sessions should be shorter at first, and then longer as time goes on. So maybe after studying a vocab set for the first time, the student could revisit it once every other day for a week, and then once a week for about a month, and then once a month for the rest of the year. Pretty doable. 
Now, if you're a teacher who uses the Mango Languages app with your students, then you already know that spaced repetition has been built into the app's review system. So when your students use the app, it tracks what words and grammar points they haven't seen in a while and reinforces them with practice opportunities that are automatically introduced based on our spaced repetition algorithm. Quite convenient, right? Now, if you'd like to learn more about the research that's been done on the role of spaced repetition in second language acquisition, then check out the suggested readings that we've linked for you in the description. Well, there you have it. To recap, here are the talking points to keep in your back pocket when talking about study strategies with your students. First, the spacing effect. It's the phenomenon by which long-term retention improves when study or review sessions are spaced out, as opposed to done all in one sitting. Two, the forgetting curve. This is that simple negative sloping curve by which learning content loses its retrieval strength over time. It's educational psychology's way of saying use it or lose it. And spaced repetition practice flattens this curve, thereby maximizing retention. And number three, what is the optimal study schedule with spaced repetition in mind? Well, the study schedule for optimal retention incorporates shorter gaps between your study sessions up front, followed by longer gaps later. In practical terms, the two factors that matter the most to help a student determine their optimal study schedule are one, how far away is the test? And two, how long after the test do they want to retain the information? Even if spaced repetition hasn't been fully adopted into the curriculum that you inherited, the good news is that you have the ability to incorporate it pretty seamlessly in the way that you structure your classes. And get this, in our next episode in this series, I'll be sharing five fun and easy ways that you can use spaced repetition in your teaching flow. Well, my fellow language teachers, that's all for this episode of Adventures in Language. If you're new here and you'd like to make sure that you're up to date on all of our awesome language teacher content, then come join the Mango fam by subscribing to the podcast. And if you really loved it, give us a review and tell your friends. We appreciate you. As always, if you have a question or an idea for an episode that you'd like to hear from us, let us know. We're always listening. Well, ciao, da, and I look forward to hanging out with you here next time. Bye.